You're listening to the really useful podcast. This here is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. Greetings, my name is Christian Corlin. With me is Gavin Phillips. How are you doing, Gavin? Doing fantastic, Christian. Sun shining down here in Cornwall. Everything looks good and uh, happy to get stuck into this. How about yourself? Actual sunshine in North Yorkshire as well. Rejoice. Rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're here this week. I mean, you probably know, you listen to this show quite regularly, you'll know that we bring you uh, a bit of tech news and then tips and tricks. This week we're going to do it a little bit differently because... There is a new console, handheld console, on the horizon. So we're looking specifically at handheld consoles this week. We're going to kick this off with a report that has surfaced from um, IGN reported it and a few other outlets. It's about the Nintendo Switch 2. Now, the president of Nintendo is a chap called Shuntaro Furukawa. And he has dismissed the idea of a Nintendo Switch 2 being released in 2024, uh, stating that, because it's not really a dismissal, it's sort of a half dismissal, stating instead that they are focusing on the Nintendo Switch in 2024. Now, there have been many, many rumours over the past sort of 18 months, really, that the Nintendo Switch 2 is in development. We don't really know what it's called, just that it's a successor to the Switch. And a lot of those are pointing at a 2024 release. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be a Nintendo Switch 2 in 2024, what he said. He just says that Nintendo is still concentrating on the Switch in 2024, which you wouldn't expect them to drop it straight away, would you, Gavin? No, definitely not. Um, you'd think it would go on for some time after that, wouldn't you? Yeah. And, you know, it's still a strongly set, a strongly performing platform as well. Yes, it's one of the most popular in the world. In fact, like, we've only actually not long got one in our family because uh, the kids weren't really that into gaming. And it's as soon as we got one, of course, they very suddenly were into gaming quite a lot. So maybe <laughs> should have pulled the trigger on that one a bit earlier. But um, yeah, there's so many games still being released, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's new games, there's old games, there's re-releases, there's compilations, there's kind of classic compilations that issued on modern formats. And then, of course... You've got the whole sort of Nintendo Switch Online and the expansion pack and all those old retro games that you can just like switch on as soon as you turn on your console. It's got a massive library of games. Yeah, and by the very fact that Nintendo is still releasing games, so the last Mario game that came out um, was towards the end of 2023, wasn't it? Or was it the start of 2024? Either way, uh, proved massively popular, showing that people are still deeply invested in the Nintendo Switch platform. And also, on top of that, obviously still love Mario games. But the combination of the two, being able to take them wherever you want, is still a supreme combo. Yeah. I'm just looking at some um, stats that were issued in uh, mid-2023. The PlayStation 5, uh, astonishingly, given its uh, early issues, had sold nearly 7 million units. Xbox Series X, uh, 1.8 million. Nintendo Switch, 4.3 million in just that year. With a okay. total sales of, we're looking at, 20, we're probably uh, looking at around 25 million. That neck of the woods. That's pretty decent. That is yeah. pretty decent. 
It's hard to sometimes contextualize these numbers as well because you think if 25 million versus global population, you know, doesn't actually sound like that much. But considering how much these consoles do cost, they're not overly expensive, but it's still a pretty penny for many people. Like 25 million is a good going, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's, and that's just that's just from 2023 to 2023. So. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's good going, and um, yeah, handheld gaming has really been kind of you know it's not it's not new to the Nintendo Switch. Nintendo didn't invent handheld gaming with the Nintendo Switch, but they probably invented it with the Game Boy, didn't they? Really, there was there was handheld stuff, and they, you know, be, before even the Game Boy came along, there was handheld Nintendo devices. So they've always been a driver of handheld uh, gaming. Yeah, f- certainly for me, the original. Nintendo Game Boy was the first ever ga- uh, gaming handheld I had and it's remained legendary for so long because it did bring that portable gaming element to a lot of people didn't it there yeah. were other consoles around the same time was it the I think it was the Neo Geo or is I thinking of something different or well, no the Game Gear is what I'm thinking there was the Sega Game Gear the and the Atari Lynx yeah. the Atari Lynx is the other one yeah but they never really filled in the same gap did they like the game gear was had that phenomenal reputation for going through batteries within seconds didn't it so whereas with the game boy i mean you would obviously have to keep batteries on some side all the time but it you'd be able to game for hours at a time which was great yeah because the game boy was monochrome so it had better battery life than the um sega game gear uh, in particular my sister had a sega game gear. i'm looking at a couple of cartridges from where i'm stood actually for the game gear and uh, yeah they would last probably about an hour at, at a push not good not with the price of that's, batteries yeah exactly that's absolutely terrible isn't it <laughs> uh, people are spending absolute fortunes to just to keep going for a, for an hour when you could play the same games of course yeah, it's downstairs on, on a master system on a tv or, <laughs> or whatever yeah <laughs> Now, of course, um, I don't want to stay with Nintendo too much because uh, you know, the, but they are the driver of this. You, you've had the three D, uh, sorry, the DS and the three DS and the variants over the years in the interim before the Nintendo Switch came along. But really, with this Switch, that's kind of I don't with this. It's the kind of the the slimming down of hardware over the past few years. You know, you, you look at a Nintendo, uh, big fan. Look at a PlayStation Five or a Xbox Series, and they're smaller than the predecessors. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, we have the release of the Steam Deck. And the Steam Deck as well seems to have really driven this drive towards more portable units. Now, there are, of course, retro portables. There's the Evercade and the Evercade EXP. There's the various uh, sort of Game Boy-style devices that have been released over the past few years. There's this all manner of thing. Atari have just released something with um, PlayOn, uh, sort of a handheld Atari that plays a hundred classic Atari games. You've uh, the, and you've got you've got the other things I mentioned. Um, Evercade. You've got the uh, the the Super Pockets, the Tato Super Pocket, and the Namco. Uh, sorry, the Capcom. Super Pocket, um, that they're Evercade compatible. So there's all these retro units as well. But I, the, the, I've I've had the advantage of being able to own a uh, Steam Deck and also to try out a uh, rival handheld, which I think we mentioned a few months ago, didn't we? It was one of my recommendations on the really useful podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. And so these 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 handheld PC gaming systems, which is essentially what they are, 
I was a bit doubtful that the Steam Deck would be anything more than just like a handheld Steam machine, and it would be desirable for that reason. But I didn't really think any other companies would kind of get on board with it, but they have been, haven't they? Yeah, like you said, there's actually quite a few different um, uh, handhelds on the market now, aren't there? Yeah. Um, the one I've tried, uh, Lenovo Legion Go, which I really enjoyed. The same sort of format as the as the Steam Deck in terms of it's a handheld, but um, really nice, clear, big screen, like really good responsive controls, and it offers, I guess, the same thing, but with slightly different hardware under under the hood. But it brings gaming, like quite high tier gaming as well, into wherever you're going. Where have you took it anywhere? Uh, I only had it for a short period, unfortunately. Right. It, it wasn't a purchase. I think they go for about 700 quid. So, sure. Um, it was during a t just a testing phase. But it was good. So I had like a couple of hours with it. So, you know, you're not getting truly into what it's like to own own the device. But as a first experience with it and having used the Steam Deck uh, previously as well, you could instantly see the similarities. Um the biggest thing with the Legion Go actually was that it felt a lot heavier mm -hmm. um, because it has more substantial battery life. But that wouldn't really put me off playing it. But it felt more like a you would probably want to lean it on something at some of the time rather than just um, like free holding it like you would the Steam Deck. No, the one I tried was the GPD Win Four, and it was a uh, it was an impressive piece of kit. It it felt um, it didn't suit my hands shall we say. I ended up with cramps after using it. It had a slide-up screen with a keyboard, which I felt was one of those enhancements that you really can probably live without, but it was interesting to have. I don't think I really used it. But the main yeah. problem with it was that, my, it, because it's smaller than the Steam Deck in terms of the Steam Deck's quite long, and it feels more comfortable to use because of that, and it's got more of a grip with the, with, you know, with the with the controls, with the GPD Win Four, I felt everything was just a little bit cramped. And it didn't suit my hands, but it was, you know, hardware-wise, it was more powerful than the Steam Deck. It just wasn't as pleasing to use, because that's an important part of it, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's big, and <clears throat> the Steam actually kind of had the unfortunate thing in these cases of being one of the first to go. So there were several other. Um, handheld gaming handhelds already available but because steam you know basically popularized this new generation of like portable gaming pcs basically for want of a better phrase isn't it it brings a pc get pc gaming into your hands yeah so you now have so the the original steam deck had i think it was like a it, well, it launched with a range of um, CPUs, didn't it? There were three versions, but it ranged from like 2.4 to 3.5 gigahertz processors. Whereas you now get devices running with modern processors clocked higher than that. And because the process of hardware development, not to get too deep into this, obviously, moves so fast, like the Steam Deck, which was only launched a few years ago, is now not showing signs of age, because that's probably the wrong way to express it, but the newer devices are obviously going to be better, aren't they? Yeah. That's not to uh, denigrate the Steam Deck, because, of course, um, it Ooh. has a massive community around it, and there's already at least two methods of playing retro gaming um, platforms on it. There's a Bato Kira, a Bato Chira, I'm not entirely sure how you say it, which you can run straight from an SD card, so you don't even need to, uh, you don't even need to replace Steam OS. You just... Um, insert a steam uh, an sd card and boot from that and then it gives you access to yeah, a 
big library of retro games and retro gaming emulators, which is kind of cool being able to do it like that. Yeah, I really like that uh, you can turn any almost any of these <clears throat> modern devices into a retro gaming handheld at the sort of flick of a switch or a double click on the thing. It means a lot more people are probably playing older games again, aren't they? Yeah, and they'll it gives them a longer lifespan as well. Absolutely, like all these things, the requirement to play retro games is so much lower as well, isn't it? Yeah. So you're never really going to worry about stressing out the the hardware and causing it to degrade over time or whatever because it's running on a fraction of what the device can do yeah and of course fewer concerns over what happens to the device when you're done with it because there's no guarantee they actually will be done with it with a vast library of games behind you to try out yeah like 20 plus 25 years of gaming to get through (laughs) I'm, i'm looking around my room and my little office here, and I'm realising I've got quite a few handheld systems. Uh, there's a Game Boy here. Mm. I've just purchased a replacement screen for it. So you know, like the front cover screen, the sort of like the glass that covers the LCD, that was yeah. broken on my wife. So I'm, I'm basically, I found myself basically sort of reconditioning it, like cleaning it up and replacing bits on it just so it can be played again. And I've, I've got uh, Evercade EXPs, and I've picked up a couple of Evercade titles over the weekend. And when I was picking them up, I was at CEX, which um, in the UK, that's a store where you basically buy old tech. And I saw, Gavin, a hell of a lot of things, uh, PS uh, Vitas and, um, and PlayStation Portables, PSPs, uh, and games yeah. for them as well. Just lying in the shelves. And in the cabinets, they had kind of, um, you know, they have DS games and things as well. But they've got uh, Game Gear and Atari Lynx as well. And we were talking about retro stuff just now. But the whole sort of retro handheld thing is coming along, coming on big. I used to work with a guy who was an absolute Sony nut. I've never met anyone like him before or since. Like, if Sony were bringing something out, he had it. Phones, watches consoles, TVs, stereo systems, Blu-ray players. I don't know. Did, if he ever had any venture into the kitchen in those days, he would have had that as well. And he had both a um, PlayStation Portable and a PS Vita. And, you know, he was convinced that the that each one in turn was going to be the thing that absolutely redefined gaming. And, of course, the thing about those devices is uh, as uh, kind of desirable as they are now from a virtual point of view, they didn't really have a huge impact, did they? No, not at the time. Um, but then they go on to have a larger one down the line. Is that, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, the lasting impact. Yeah, a lasting impact. That's a much better way of expressing, isn't it? Um, I just find it's really interesting like that, though. So I didn't know many people at the time with a PSV. I know more with a PSP, the precursor to it. But I don't really recall that many people with a with a Vita or seeing them about, you would be more likely to see someone with a Nintendo still. Yeah. So it's it's, it's kind of uh, strange how these things, not only are sort of cyclical, but certain devices become more... Interest sort of gathers around specific devices years later. I mean, just look at what's happened with vinyl. I, I mean, that's kind of similar. No one, you know, no one suddenly decided that the uh, the mini disc is the, uh, the format we should all be doing, even though it is. 
<laughs> Long live the mini disc. Long live the mini disc, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to cycle back to the Nintendo Switch 2 now. And there's various uh, claims and counterclaims being made about it. We think it might arrive this year. It might not. I think it's probably likely that it will. Don't you think it would make sense? Like, it would make so much sense to launch it before Christmas, wouldn't it? Of course it would, yeah. Like, all of the signs are gathering speed and pointing (laughs) towards... A Christmas launch, or well, I, I agree with that. I agree with that, but I, I wonder if they've got sort of one eye on what happened with the PlayStation Five and think this, you know, supply chain issues, a, 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 you know, various territories sort of falling into conflict. Could that be a problem? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I guess as well, the moment that you put something like this into production, that. It's so much more likely the information is going to leak at that point, isn't it? You won't. There's so many different well, yeah. people in the supply chain that someone somewhere is going to go, ha-ha, look what I just took a picture of, you know, and then it's out there proper. But people have already had Nintendo Switch 2 experiences, don't forget. So it's not like it's um, something that's just being sort of made up as people go along. At Gamescom 2023, various journalists and industry heads got to watch uh i don't know if they got to play but they definitely got to watch um the nintendo switch 2 being demoed um obviously in a very very private environment so Mm -hmm. it's definitely here and it's been played and um there's also reports from that time that the switch was running um zelda's breath of the wild at 60 frames a second in 4k which is for a handheld that is supremely impressive and suggests the Switch 2 will have some really, really um, high-end hardware in it. However, what I would say about that, Christian, and you might want to add something to this, is that that's highly likely to push the price up above the price of the original Switch, isn't it? Oh, gosh, yeah. I'm more interested in the actual sort of um, dynamic of the device and in terms of if there's improvements to the hand Joy-Cons and their connectivity and whether they're backwards compatible or they can switch... swap them between because the original switch had um i mean that was the weak point really wasn't it there's the two main weak points on the switch the two connectors for the joy cons and the kickstand now they fixed the kickstand with the second edition the oled version but those joy cons those are weak points whenever i see a a switch on say on ebay and it's like for parts not working whatever it's because those connectors are broken Ah, okay. And I've not, I mean, I watch various repair videos from now and then, but Switch hasn't really ever been on my horizon. So is that something that's easily fixable on a Switch or is that like a a monster job? I don't know if it's a monster job or not. I have, I I mean, Mm. it did cross my mind. Maybe I could buy these and fix them, but I didn't actually go that further step and say, how do you fix them? Yeah. The fact that it is such a weak point, because I mean, even if you like pick it up, you can, you know, you can feel, Maybe not with a brand new switch, but you know, when you've had a switch for a few months, there is a little bit of wiggle there, which isn't ideal. So, re- re- you know, resolving that little problem going forward mm. with a new model would be uh, would be an advantage, I think. The um, there's just something else that we know about the switch too, isn't there? Well, 
that's rumoured about the Switch 2, various things. There's a Twitter account called At uh, Centro Leagues, and they've assessed some leaks, rumours about the Nintendo Switch 2, that it's going to have backwards compatibility with the original Switch titles. That's for physical and digital games. Developers can enhance Switch 1 games to take advantage of the added processing power, which that's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, that is cool. Um, and that there is a reveal of the hardware next month. That's March 2024. We're going to find out what hardware is in the Switch 2, potentially. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's a lot of rumours surrounding this uh, potential Switch 2 reveal, or hardware reveal at least. Yeah. And a hardware reveal and a reveal are very different things. Well, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of people going to be going, oh, we're finally going to see it. And then it's just a picture of a processor on the table. <laughs> <laughs> the other gotcha. thing we should, Yeah. The other thing we should probably think about, though, is it an actual... Is it a new edition? Is it a replacement? Is it, you know, is it PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5? Is it Wii to Wii U to Switch? Or is it Switch, Switch OLED, Switch OLED Plus? You know, is it really going to be a new platform or is it merely an existing platform and everything that comes out of it will still be able to play on the old one that's because that's not really I, we had the oled and that was expected to be a switch to for a time i think it is going to be a new generation but you know i've been wrong plenty of times before um i think it's gonna have to be and will be a completely new generation because the when did the switch launch 2017 yeah yeah so without getting too far into the hardware of it the switch uses a chip that was built in 2015 so at the time it was built it was already two years old yeah we are now seven years down the line and it's still using the same hardware. And that yeah. shows that you shouldn't always base decisions on hardware. That's another point entirely. However, as we were talking about earlier in the show, things have moved on now. Things are so far down the line, especially with regards to the AMD Ryzen-powered portable devices like the um, Steam Deck and the Legion Go and what's the other one that they launched? Anyway, that doesn't matter. But these devices are now way more powerful and they do outstrip the Nintendo Switch by some distance these days. So it wouldn't make sense for Nintendo to go back to using the it's an nvidia tegra x1 because it's you know in hardware terms it's effectively ancient yeah and there's so much better stuff out there on the market so i think it's going to be very new and very shiny and hopefully very powerful to keep it going the next generation of switch sorry going for an equivalent amount of time seven to ten years or so that would make sense and it's also worth pointing out that nintendo's really always done this Certainly since the Nintendo Wii came out, the Wii was essentially a GameCube. There was very little difference between the Wii and the GameCube, hardware-wise. They just put it in a different box and added Wii modes. And there's not a huge amount of difference between the Wii U and the Wii. There's backwards compatibility for a start-off. When the Switch came along, there was a bigger difference between the Wii U and the Switch, and there was less backwards compatibility to such an extent, in fact, that it was, it was so different that... Uh, 
you know, the Switch has actually, Nintendo took notice, and the Switch has become probably the best uh, retro gaming system there is, actually. In yeah, with access library. to Nintendo's yeah back catalogue because it's an enormous back catalogue. Yeah, you can't forget that, can you? No, you can't. No. So and and maintaining that with the um, the next console, that's obviously important. They've, and you know, the, Nintendo's clearly realised the importance of its back catalogue and classic libraries, and that people still find old titles desirable to play. So yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement. But yeah, be be. Um, Nintendo's not going to be releasing a sort of portable Sony PlayStation standard, uh, PlayStation 5 standard device. They're going to release a device that is uh, versatile and portable and playable and for families to play on, not for hardcore gamers in basements. No, sure. But there's still... um, I don't know what the stat would be, but I'd always like to see like the intersection of which devices people own, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. if you own a PS5, say, are you more or less likely to also own a Switch? Or if you owned a Switch, are you more or less likely to consider buying um, an Xbox Series X or a PS5? Or Like, how do those things relate to each other? And I'm digressing and talking out loud. That's interesting <laughs> that you should say that. But hang on, you just reminded me of something. Now, Gavin cleverly uh, made a comparison there between um, the different consoles and whether there might be an intersection with them. Now, that reminds me of something else I've recently seen about a portable Xbox. Oh, well, like like a briefcase type one. <laughs> no, like a Steam Deck type Xbox. Wow, cool. The thinking behind this is um, there's this rumour that uh, Microsoft preparing two next generation consoles and one of them might be something similar to a switch or a steam deck and looking at the figures that i mentioned earlier on microsoft's done really poorly with the um xbox series xs compared with both sony and nintendo and it, you know this, this, this i'm not going to say the people that are buying steam decks and um, gpd win fours and all those devices then they're buying those when they should be buying Xboxes. Cause I, I imagine most of them probably also have an Xbox series. But it is a bit of a problem. We're talking... I mean, since 2021, Microsoft has sold... And this, this is the um, VG Charts um, article that I mentioned before with the, for the PlayStation 5 and the Nintendo figures. 2021, Series XS sold 1.6 million units. In 2022, 2.5 million. And in 2023, 1.8 million. Now, just that 2023 figure. PlayStation 5, 6.9 million. So, Xbox has not really made the impact that maybe it was expected. Now, I don't know why this is. Maybe they're exclusives. Maybe, I mean, maybe <laughs> did the supply chain issues that Sony had with the PlayStation 5 actually make it more desirable? Yeah, that's interesting because it's around the COVID times, wasn't it? There was all the madness of people like hoarding them and selling them for twice the price and all that sort of madness was going on, wasn't it? Um, Which definitely, I'm guessing, drove up the exclusivity of of owning one. But 
even since then, it's pretty easy to go down to your local game store now and, and, and grab one of whichever one you want. So there's definitely other issues holding the Xbox back, aren't there? I've just yeah. been reading a few things, actually, Christian, about why that might be. I can run through them quickly. Okay. Um, this is an article on uh, makeuseof.com um, on the reasons why you shouldn't buy um, an Xbox Series X or S. Uh, oh. This was updated recently. Uh, well, six months ago in June of 2023. So I'll just run through these um, these quickly. So number one, there are no console exclusives. Xbox releases all of its games on the Xbox and PC now um, at the same time. Ah. So there's no exclusive games. Uh, number two, proprietary expandable storage. Um, the Xbox Series S comes with 512 gigs of internal. The Series X has one terabyte of storage. However, both use a proprietary storage platform which drives up the price and makes it harder to use whereas the ps5 i believe you can put any ssd compatible in it. ssd yeah. in it which is a massive bonus why wouldn't you want to do that why Microsoft uh, shooting no, themselves in the foot with this it's crazy this is, i know it, go, it goes on christian don't worry <laughs> <laughs> uh number three uh it doesn't support vr which is bonkers sony <laughs> has been a massive advocate for vr and it shows uh, number four, the controller lacks invention. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's exactly the same as when the 360 launched. It might be slightly smoother, you know, and it's, I mean, it's slightly different, but it's the same controller, basically. Um, the Xbox number five, sorry, the Xbox Series S is underpowered. So for those who don't know, uh, Xbox went for two devices rather than one so an xbox series x and an s the s meaning to be like an intermediate stepping stone which is slightly underpowered it was like why not just put all your eggs in one basket and add some of these features we've just talked about that yeah. it doesn't have and have one device and that because of all of these reasons uh people are actually just waiting for the next iteration of xbox and this could be long-term xbox fans so so those are some reasons there that, I mean, I was, for a long time, I was intending on getting a Sony PlayStation 5, but they were so difficult to get hold of and a bit more expensive than the Xbox Series. I didn't want to bother an Xbox Series because we already had an Xbox One, and it seemed, well, at this point, a lot of the same games are available. Some of them are on the same disc, and they just run on both. So, you know, at that point, it didn't seem worth it. Then, rumours of the Nintendo Switch 2 started coming along, and I'm thinking, well, if I'm going to buy a new console probably going to get a nintendo switch 2 rather than a sony or an xbox and at the same time i also got the steam deck so again now that thing about the same games being available on pc as are available on the xbox and the lack of exclusivity it's absolutely bonkers that is bonkers isn't it and it's weird because on one level it shouldn't make a huge difference to one there not be exclusive games but it's obviously something people care about yeah. a lot that their game is only available on the platform that they choose and and love i mean as a pc gamer i'm just like ah just let all the games be on everything <laughs> That brings us to the end of the really useful podcast. Anything that we've mentioned, do get in touch. And don't forget to leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you do, let us know and uh, we'll give you a mention. Until next time, it's goodbye from us.